Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Books Are Chic. I am super excited to welcome this author um, to Books Are Chic. I read her latest rom-com. It was such pure joy, so much fun, The Deja Glitch, and that's exactly what it was, and I can't wait to hear more about this. I am so excited to welcome Holly James to Books Are Chic. Welcome, Holly. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so happy you're here. I think... For those that are joining and listening now, we did have some technical <laughs> snafus, but let's just hope that from here on out, it is smooth sailing. <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope. I Like I said before, we've literally, I'm sure you've done so many Zooms and stuff. It's like every time I do it, it's like the first time I'm doing it. Yeah, I it can. finds a way to break every time somehow. <laughs> yeah, you can't wrap your head around it. So, okay. This is your first time to Books Are Chic and chatting with me. So give us a little bit of background of just like how you got to be an author. What was your start? Were you like a huge reader growing up? All all the details. We want to know it all. Sure. Yeah. So I was a huge reader growing up. Um, I've always loved to read my whole life. I never really imagined myself as an author. I think it kind of... um, came out of so I in my my day job my career I'm actually a scientist and I have a very you know logical analytical part of my life that I I spend day in and day out doing research I actually have a degree in psychology um and I had always been into creative writing when I was younger like in you know middle school and high short stories kind of stuff I'd never written anything novel length um and then when I was in graduate school I think I was so deep into the science and just the critical thinking and the analyses that the creative part of my brain was kind of dying um, <laughs> and it needed an outlet as well. So that's when I got back into um, creative writing, but with no intention of really doing anything with it. I just kind of, you know, it just made me happy. So I did, I just would write in my limited spare time. Um, and it just brought me so much joy that I really loved doing it. And then I think it was um, like, 2016-ish, I started considering taking it seriously in, in the sense that like I, I wanted to maybe pursue getting something published. Um, mm-hmm. and of course, I knew nothing about the publishing industry and how difficult it is to break into it, especially when you're, you know, nobody um, <laughs> with, with no experience and no like writing credentials, nothing, nothing to my name other than, you know, academic and scientific papers, which is just a completely different process. Um, so I started querying agents and, you know, going through the, the traditional publishing route. And uh, that was difficult. That was, you know, faced a lot of rejection. Um, eventually signed with an agent in 2019 um, as a thriller writer, actually. So I, I didn't start out as a romance. So thriller is my favorite genre to read. I love like trying to solve the mystery, you know, as you're going along. And um, I'm, I don't know why I'm generally a very happy person but I'm drawn to dark stories for some reason <laughs> so I think it just kind of felt natural like that's what I read so that's what I'm going to write um and so my my first thriller that we went on submission with ended up not selling um and then the pandemic hit and I think everyone went a little a little stir crazy and that's when I I was really kind of craving like you were saying this like happiness these happy stories that we just mm-hmm. need more of in life and got the idea for my my first my first novel nothing but the truth which came out last year um and that kind of rerouted me from the, the thriller genre into this more women's fiction rom-com 
genre. Um, and here we are now. So it was a, an interesting journey and a long journey, but, <laughs> but I made it here, uh, made it here to, to this book. And yeah, it's been, it's, I've learned so much. I mean, obviously I know a lot more about the publishing industry now than I did four years ago or whenever, whenever I started. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I kind of found a home in this genre, I guess. I don't know. I, I never, if, if I never even pictured myself as a writer, I definitely didn't picture myself as a romance writer. As a <laughs> so this was surprising even to me and with my first book, which is, it's more like women's fiction, I would say, than like true romance. There's a romantic subplot, but it's definitely not as romantic as, as The Deja Glitches. But I remember drafting it and sending it to my mom and being like, is this funny? Like, can I write funny stuff? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and it turns out it was. So yeah, who knew? Who knew I had that in me? But I would not. Well, there's a lot to unpack in all that you just said. One, I think that that's so awesome that you, you are probably like so academic, so smart with your everyday job that you are like, I still need to be flexing like this creative muscle. And somebody else I spoke with once and I'm totally blanking. Same thing was like a scientist or something by day and then was writing at night. And I'm just like, I feel like we hear more about this. I feel like you guys are onto something. You should have your own little like club. <laughs> yeah, I think too. I, so I grew up, something I left out of that story was I grew up playing music. I always was playing music. I was a, a band geek from, you know, fifth grade all the way through high school and just having like that daily in my life, you know, some kind of creative outlet when that really went away when I was in college and graduate school I think that's that was like the need for that was still inside me and, and I, writing became the outlet for for satisfying that yeah and I get I, I get asked a lot like if I could do one career like if I could quit my day job would I and yeah I honestly don't know because I, I feel like like one needs the other you know the creativity needs the like, yeah. analytical part I think one of suffer without the other so I'm currently fortunately able to keep a balance of of the two but um who knows you know if my writing career blew up and took off I I'm, well, we'll yeah <laughs> you don't know what kind of scientist are you so I actually have a PhD in psychology um okay. I'm not not a clinical counselor I'm more focused on um research methodology and design and like conducting studies conducting experiments and and doing all the statistical analyses and the data and yeah I'm a huge nerd <laughs> oh my, so you like like spread are you in like spreadsheets and oh like, totally totally and oh my god <laughs> Holly oh I I know there are just some people who love spreadsheets I just I do. And you know, it's funny that you said that because that was the moment <clears throat> when I was still an undergraduate. My undergrad degree was in psychology as well, but I remember I was considering going to grad school, considering pursuing a PhD. And I remember um, sitting at my like dining room table doing a homework assignment or something for a class and I was staring at a spreadsheet and I just had this moment of like, I love this. Like, I love this enough to pursue it <laughs> professionally. So I did. <laughs> You're like, a, yeah, it's like a special little club. You guys probably all could like, you know, chat about <laughs> spreadsheets and such, but that's, I mean, I love yep. that because you, unless you, I guess, yeah, read your bio on the back, which I am reading. Yeah, it is. She has a PhD. Um, you wouldn't, I just wouldn't picture that, but also I wouldn't picture after reading this that you were originally 
like going to be a thriller writer. <laughs> like I just, but I'm like, would you ever go back to that? Because I feel like a lot of thriller writers are tapping into rom-coms and sometimes rom-com writers will add elements of thrillers, like an, like mm-hmm. a romance thriller. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny you ask that because I actually, it hasn't even been announced yet. So secret among friends here. I actually did just sell a book in a different genre that is closer to thriller. It's more like suspense. Um, it's not a true, you know, like dark murdery story, but, um, there are some murdery elements to it, but it's not, you know, not a full thriller, but, um, I think kind of the journey to get to that. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I, I started as a thriller writer and I feel like I kind of had to like detour through romance to find my way back to that genre, mm-hmm. but it was, not exactly the same starting where I started with thrillers, I guess, because it is much more of a like dark comedy. It's like a suspense comedy with romantic plot involved. So I think if you saw recently the movie Ghosted, um, yeah, with yes. Chris Evans and Anna Darmus, yeah, it's very much like that. Um, kind of like an actiony, adventury, like kidnapping situation kind of story. Um, so yeah, I feel like I, I really am drawn to writing that seat, you know, there's, a, there's some kind of mystery to be solved. Um, but then I do really enjoy like the comedy aspects and the romance aspects. So I found a way to, uh, combine those things and convince the publisher to like it. <laughs> That's exciting. So. <laughs> yeah. Now you're getting I mean, a little bit of both. Convince the publisher, not me. <laughs> Well, well, she did a good job. Um, she did a great and job. <laughs> just going, just going back to like, if you look at spreadsheets and sort of that data and stuff like that, when you go to write a novel, does that like intersect with how you construct your novel? Like, do you have like a document that you're working? Like, how does that work? No, it's really interesting because it doesn't at all. My right, my writing process is just so opposite of what you would think it would be with the type of person I am. So I'm I I don't know if you've, you've heard the distinction between a plotter and a pantser. Yeah, someone yeah. who plots out a story, then the pantser makes up as they go. I'm 110% pantser. I just I get basically I get the idea for like the hook of the story, like the you know the overall big picture concept, and I might have some vague or sometimes vivid idea of like pivotal scenes but Mm -hmm. I never know how it ends I never know what's gonna happen I just just so it's compared to like what you would expect coming from a person like me it's very chaotic the way that I write um but I love it I feel I really get into these kind of flow states where I just am so in the zone I'm just you know writing just spewing out the story to, to the point sometimes where my husband's like are you okay like do you, do you, are you okay yeah <laughs> take a break from that um, but I love it I like like nothing nothing else feels the way writing feels to me just like drafting just being so in the story and just so engaged and deeply connected to it I love that that feeling so much it's like you're two different people I love this it's like two personalities <laughs> I don't know Oh, there could be like a book there or something. Um, okay. So tell us, give us your, um, elevator pitch of what the Deja Glitch is about. Sure. So this book is about a pair of strangers who we actually find out are not actually strangers, but at face value, they're strangers, um, in LA who are stuck in a 24 hour time loop. 
and they have to fall in love to break out of the time loop. But the problem is that our hero, Jack, can remember the entire loop and our main character, Gemma, feels like every single day is the first day they've met. She has no memory of the loop. So basically he has one with him to break the cycle that has been going on for months. Okay, why (laughs) the time loop? Now I feel like this has elements of time and travel that are scientific. (laughs) So now we're just circling back, but why did you want to incorporate this? Because I love on the front. Um, it's, I never, is it Jody Picolt, Pico? She said, if Pico, love actually yeah. Pico had, if love actually in Groundhog Day had a child, it would be the sweet rom-com of a novel about how moving forward sometimes means starting and over again until you get it right. Love that. That was like the perfect, which I have to say, I've never seen Groundhog Day. Like I've only seen snippets, never in its entirety. I feel ashamed to say that. Mm-hmm. I will say, see. I will see it. Um, but I did think <laughs> that mixed with Love Actually was like the perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Harrison, I know when, yeah. when we got that blurb from her, I was I was just like swooning because I love both of those movies and it was it captures it so well. So to answer your question, yeah, I didn't I didn't intend to write a time loop story. It just kind of happened along the way. So the idea that the original idea for this came from, like I said, I, when I write a story, I get, you know, the big concept. Um, and here I really wanted to write a story about a couple where one person couldn't remember the other person, but in a funny Mm -hmm. way, because I had this, this kind of vision of, you know, if like the love of your life came up to you and they were like, it's me, you know me. And you were like, who are you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have to do to convince, to convince you. So that was my initial idea. It was kind of just floating around in my head for a couple of weeks. Um, and I actually drafted this book in the summer of 2021. So two years ago. And at that time, um, Olivia Rodrigo's song Deja Vu was super popular. And I remember hearing it on the radio one day and I was like singing along to it. And I had this true like light bulb moment that Deja Vu was a perfect way to try to tell this story that I wanted this, this idea of like one person can't remember someone um, because Gemma, our main character, she does have these feelings of like, why is this so familiar? I've been here before, but I don't know. I can't explain why. And I don't know why I recognize this guy, but not fully recognize him. Um, So those two ideas came together. And then the time loop just kind of, I don't know, organically came out of that. And I guess I was trying to come up with a way to make all of that logically make sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) in some, some context. And I was thinking maybe, maybe she is familiar with things and remembering things because they've happened before. So they've repeated this day before, um, but she can't act. And I did, because there are a lot of time loop stories out there. There are quite a few time loop romances in particular. So I wanted mm-hmm. to make it different to kind of, you know, stand out. And that's where I came up with telling it from her perspective, telling the time loop story from the perspective of the person who doesn't know they're in a time loop. Um, and has to be convinced that they're in a time loop because we've never, never seen that before. It's always told from the person's perspective who's living the same day over and over again. So doing that allowed me to tell the story um, from her point of view, but also just a single day of it. Because from what the reader sees, feels like the char- the main character's first experience of the day. So, cause she's never, she doesn't remember anything about it. So um yeah, that all just kind of like unfolded as I was, I didn't go into the story like planning any of that <laughs> other than the fact that she couldn't remember him. That was my only, only real, real hook from the start. And the rest of it just kind of unfolded around it as I was 
as I was going along. As you were, I, well, I loved the character of Gemma and I loved that you were telling it from her. It, that's what made it so funny because she was always like, what's like, she did, never knew what was really going on until, you know, it started to play out. And she just seemed like your cl- typical, like just the girl that you want to be friends with in a rom-com, <laughs> like zany, funny. And of course, you know, Jack, you're like rooting for them. But one of my questions was too, but aside from the time loop piece, what made you set it in like the music biz? Yeah. I, so I oh, well, you did say you were a band thing. Okay. Now I feel like it's like, yeah. Little... yeah. So <laughs> I, I live in Southern California and I, I really like stories that are like on the periphery of the entertainment industry. So mm-hmm. like the main characters aren't actually celebrities but they work with celebrities and their, their lives intersect with celebrities. Cause I just think celebrity culture is just kind of ridiculous to me. And it's fun. It's fun to like poke fun at it, but also we're of course yeah. obsessed with it. So it's fun to, you know, just make up stories with, within that, that world that could be plausible because so many things are kind of just silly in celebrity life. Um, so I don't know. I just, there's something very kind of romantic and fantasy like about Hollywood that appeals to me that I, I like. I like playing with so my first book is set in the entertainment industry as well but it's more in like the tv and film industry um and this one I just wanted to do something different um and uh I mean yeah I was a you know just a school band geek I wasn't in an actual band by any means but my husband was um and he like in high school and stuff and so he has some experience like performing around LA and you know like having a small record label deal and so I could I could lean on him for some of the input here um but yeah, I just thought it would be a fun context to set the story in. I think we need like your your next book should be like academia meets like a band member. Like, that would be fun, a fun <laughs> couple, like a quirky. That would just be gal. That would just be a, bi- a bi- biography of me and my husband. Right, it would be like your memoir. You're like here I am telling my yes, story. My now when you when you were writing the scenes where she was in the the time loop was that confusing for you like how did you because you're saying that you're a pantser and that's you know not as structured um as clearly your everyday life you're probably very structured (laughs) um but when you were writing that how was that to write out I mean you sort of had to keep remembering where you were leaving off and picking up in a different way than a normal you know a normal story yeah. Yeah. So I, I tend to get really hung up on the logic of my book sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'm, you know, building these lightly magical systems that complicates it even more, cause it's, I don't know, the, the magic, the magic has to make sense for it to be, you know, magically plausible, plausible in some, some capacity. Yeah. Um, so I did Yeah. In writing this, particularly in writing this story where one character has experienced these events over a hundred times and the other character feels like it's the first time I had to keep track of like what does he already know and like how would he be reacting to the situation if this has happened before and how would she be reacting to this if it's never happened before but he's telling her it has happened before (laughs) so yeah I definitely had um it was a lot to keep track of for sure and I did I think we were all the way to like the copy edit phase where I realized there was something in the in the opening scene that needed to be slightly tweaked 
to make sense that it had happened before. And I remember like Francis emailing my editor, like, wait, 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 we have to fix this. And I went, I went into this whole explanation of it. And she was like, Holly, no one's going to notice that except you. And I was like, but I will know it has to yeah. be accurate. You're like, and, and I will changes. analyze that all the time. <laughs> yes. So I did change it. It is in there. If you read the book twice, it'll make sense. <laughs> it'll make sense. Um, who was go. your... Who was the hardest character trait and who was your favorite? I'll start with my favorite. I think Lila, who is Gemma's best friend. I think she's I know she was so fun too. I've ever written. Yeah. I really wanted to have someone who I feel like there's a lot of people have someone or people in their lives where if something just totally bizarre and unbelievable happened to you, you could go to them and they would be like, all right, I believe you. So I wanted to have I always tell my friend, like my closest friends, like if I ever traveled back in time and had to convince someone I was from the future, I would go straight to you because you would believe me. Um, so I wanted to have like that person, you know, for, for Gemma, because Gemma's very skeptical. You know, she's, she's very, she's a little bit cynical. She's pretty jaded by love from her past relationships. So I wanted to have someone who was just really her opposite, um, who could kind of balance her out and help her to understand that everything that was happening was not scary, but it was, you know, it was okay. And it was, it was okay to believe that it was really happening. And yeah, Lila was, was really fun to write um, for those reasons, but also because she's just kind of a little over the top, a little, a little dramatic in, in everything she does. <laughs> yeah, she was great. Um, I think the hardest character to write was Gemma's dad. Um, so she has a very strained relationship with her father, who is a famous music producer. Um, and she herself is trying to make it in the music industry without they want to be affiliated with him. Um, she doesn't want to use him for any kind of leverage because they have a very, very broken relationship from earlier on in her life. Um, and that was hard to capture because I don't have anything like that at all in my own life. Like I have, mm-hmm. I have a very loving and, you know, whole family. Um, so that took a lot of that whole uh, kind of character arc of or the arc of their journey um, took several, several drafts to get it right. Um, and have it come out the way we were all happy with me and my publishing team were all happy with. So I think it's rewarding though. I think the way that it, that it, uh, comes together in the end is. Well, I feel like that's also like a classic, like rom-com ingredient. There's like a, like, a there's always like a tension or like a dad that's grumpy or something that like you always are like rooting for and wanting them to, you know, come out. Okay. But he was, he was a great character too. And I just loved, all of like the, when she was like working and the interviews. And I agree with you. Like, I love books that are like entertainment biz oriented, just because like you said, I'm like totally pop culture obsessed. I think that's just, we live it, you know, with social media and everything we're all, you know, you're always looking into that, but I loved that you placed it in that world. And, um, and I just loved, aside from obviously the relationship of, Gemma and Jack and you're sort of rooting for that you also had these great you know Gemma Lila all of these different relationships in the, within it that just made it so fun and I think you're right you think of I never even thought about that though like who could who would I be able to convince if I was stuck in time I don't know I'm gonna think about that and I'm also gonna give a heads up to those people like I won't be lying I promise trust me I promise I'm telling the truth yeah I'm telling the truth so okay so you already told us that you have something now will that book that you just sort of gave us a little insight into with will that be your next book or do you have something else going on 
There's something before that one. So my next rom-com will be out next summer. And that one that I mentioned won't come out until 2025. So a, a long wait for that one. But my next rom-com will come out next summer. And that book is almost, uh, it's almost to, to copy editing, I think. It's in, it's in revisions right now. But um, that one is another um, romantic comedy set in LA, um, this time in the TV industry. <laughs> and it's, it's called Name Your Price. Um, and it's so fun. It's it's, I think, I feel like I've had this, this kind of maybe unintentional um, progression that my books are like getting more romantic as they go along. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, Name Your Price is about um, a pair. It's like a, it's like a second chance romance, I guess. It's like an exes to lover, exes to enemies to lovers, second chance romance, if we want to label it by tropes. But um, it's about this couple in LA and the guy is like a B-list actor, kind of like an up and coming actor. And the girl is an entertainment writer. She writes for like a fictional um, entertainment magazine. And um, they've been dating for a while and they've had kind of a tumultuous relationship. And one day they have this like big blowout breakup out on the sidewalk and it gets caught on camera. And it, the video like goes viral all over the internet. Um, and they're both like totally broke for very different reasons. They're very broke. and this TV show called Name Your Price that um, pays people to do like terrible things like, like, you know, how much money would I have to pay you to do something awful, like whatever. Um, and I, the idea for this came from like, how much would I have to pay you to get back with your ex? That was, that was the hook for ah. this story. Um, so that's what they offer. <clears throat> Excuse me. The TV show offers them a million dollars if they can live in the same house, um, locked in the same house for a month. Um, following all these rules that I won't spoil that make it very yeah. exciting and kind of kind of spicy while they're, <laughs> while they're locked in the house um <clears throat> so yeah, actually took several drafts to get it right I had I had the idea for that that hook of you know like what what how much money would it take to get you to do something you really don't want to do um and I wanted to turn it into a romance so of course I thought you know get back together with your ex and and of course they still are attracted to each other and love each other but not to spoil the ending, but it's a happy ending. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so, um, yeah, that one, I it took me several several tries to figure out what story to tell with with that hook, and I think I finally got it. Um, and I, I really I'm really happy with it now. So, hopefully it yeah. hopefully it makes it through this round of revisions um, in good shape, <laughs> and and it'll be on to to production editing soon. <laughs> it sounds super fun. I was just gonna ask you, when do you find time to write if you're working during the day uh, mostly on weekends um, <coughs> weekends I do so I'm still working mostly from home um, mm -hmm. for the past three years I've been able to work from home and I, I only have to go into my office one day a week and that just allows for so much flexibility not having to commute um, so I have more time in the morning and evening and sometimes I sometimes I scrape scrape by and find some some time on either end of my work day um, but mostly weekends. I'll like just forsake everything else. You're good. You're dedicated. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, okay. Now we are going to do 
Holly's chic list, which I am going to ask you a bonus question at the end. Cause now I feel like when I interview authors, I do this chic list and then they'll tell me something about themselves that I like wouldn't have even thought of. And now I have to ask about it at the end. Nothing <laughs> okay. crazy. Nothing crazy. Okay. Um, the author that inspired or inspires you the most and why? I love Ashley Winstead. Um, she's actually, we have the same agent. Um, and I feel so fortunate to be able to like ask her for early copies of her books and stuff. And I'm like starstruck that I even get to talk to her, but (laughs) I think she's so talented and she's so smart and just all of her books. So she writes in thriller and romance genres. And then, and actually she just announced a deal. She's having like an upmarket contemporary coming out next year or the year after I forget. Um, but like, I'll read anything she writes. Like, I know it's going to be amazing. And she, like her thrillers are so twisty and just so smart and you just don't figure it out to the very end. And it's so good. Um, and then her romances are just super spoony and also very smart. Like I just read, this is actually going to be my answer to an upcoming question, but I just read the boyfriend candidate. Um, and, uh, I love that, but I'll say more about it when we get to that question. So yes. Um, I love her too. Yes. I love her too. And the last housewife was like one of my top reads, um, of last year, last year, it was so good and And she was so great. Um, yeah, it was so good. Okay. Current TV binge series. Um, I'm really excited that only murders in the building comes back. I think this week, like tomorrow or is it this week? I think it is. I want to say it was like the ninth eighth or ninth I don't know really soon okay good. so I guess we, we can't I'm technically binge it because we gotta wait for the new episodes but <laughs> I feel like that's show. good though I I love it too and I like I love to binge but like there was something special about waiting for episodes when we were like younger I think so yeah. it's okay to wait I mean <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with waiting. It like drags out. Sometimes you watch it and then you're like, now what? Got to go on to the next thing. Yeah, then it's over. Yeah, it makes you appreciate it a little more when you have to wait. It does. Um, okay, last favorite book and current read. So The Boyfriend Candidate, the one I just mentioned by Ashley, that's her most recent um, rom-com. I love that one. It was so, I loved how, it just felt like it had so much depth because it was, you know, there's mm-hmm. a kind of political story going along. And so the, if anyone hasn't heard of it or read of it, read it, it's um, about a, uh, a children's librarian who gets dumped and told that she's bad in bed. Um, and she is determined to go out and have a one to the super hot guy in a bar um, and they decide in a hotel bar and they decide to go get a room together. Um, and then there's uh, a fire, right? There's like a fire alarm goes off. And so they have to evacuate the hotel and they end up outside on the street with everyone and there are photos taken and it turns out that he's running for governor of Texas. So he's actually a political candidate and um, probably shouldn't be seen having a one night stand in a hotel. And they decide the way to fix that is to fake date. And we all. Okay. Holly was answering last favorite book and current read. And her last favorite book was the boyfriend candidate by Ashley Winstead. Yes, that's, I love that book. I loved how, of course, sweet and romantic it is, but also just how intelligent it was with the, the political plot line. And it's, it's basically a, um, uh, a fake dating story where this uh, children's librarian 
gets dumped and told that she's bad in bed and she's determined to go out and have a one night stand and she meets this hot guy in a hotel bar and they decide to get a room together. There's um, an emergency and the hotel has to be evacuated and they end up out on the street like half dressed and it was very obvious what they were doing. Um, and there are a bunch of photos taken and it turns out that he is running for governor of Texas. So the solution to um, avoid the scandal is to pretend that they're a couple. So they're fake dating and then his, it all plays out with like his campaign. And it's, yeah, it's really good. Really cute. Really liked that one. Um, current read, I, I'm, I'm really only reading my own third book, um, <laughs> the revisions, of like the revisions of my own third book. Um, but I have a stack, I have a very healthy stack of books. We're going on vacation in September and I'm, I'm ready. I have like six books that I'm taking with me that I'm looking forward to. Ooh, okay. Well, you'll have to post what you read and what you love. Um, sand oh, or definitely. snow? Uh, both. Yeah. <laughs> so I live, I live in, I live in San Diego. So we go to the beach. I, I love the beach. I grew up in California. I love sand, but I actually grew up in Northern California. I spent a lot of time in Tahoe. So I love snow as well. Although I've never lived in the snow, which I think is very different than visiting the snow. So yeah, I, don't know. I might change my opinion. We had to like shovel my driveway. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's fun for, yeah, it's fun for like a day. And then it, <laughs> you're like, eh. Um, coffee or tea order? Oh gosh. I'm probably one of the only authors in the world who doesn't drink caffeine. So neither. Interesting. (laughs) I love, I love a good like smoothie. I love like a free drink or like a, I don't know, some kind of like lemonade-y, fruity, refreshing drink, I guess. Okay. That goes with your sand vibe. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Um, favorite bookstagram account? I love, um, books over bros, Chip Ponds. Mm. He's just one of the nicest, most just like human sunshine people ever. And he's so Mm -hmm. genuine and so kind. And I met him, I met him, you know, I never met him in person, unfortunately, but through Instagram, like a couple years ago. And I've loved watching him transition from, bookstagrammer to bookstagrammer slash author um so he's self-pubbed a book and I know he has an agent now and I'm always just cheering for him in the background but he's just such a burst of joy all of his content is happy and he's just a great a great presence on that platform I think I love that I think I follow him yeah um name an author you'd love to have coffee or a cocktail with Oh gosh, I think I think there are two, and they're both very dark thriller. Right, Gillian Flynn. I think uh, she. Oh, you know, I think Gone Girl is one of my favorite books of all time. I don't think that twists will ever be topped because she was the first one to pull it off successfully. So now, like, like the surprise is ruined. I guess, yeah, like, no one yep. else can ever do it as convincingly. Um, I would love to talk to her, although I'd probably be too starstruck to like say anything in front of her. <laughs> I would just yeah. sit there staring. Um, but her, but also Jessica Knoll, I think she's really great. She's another thriller writer. She wrote Luckiest Girl Alive um, and The Favorite Sister. And then her new book comes out in September, um, Bright Young Women. And I think she's, she's first of all, she's very entertaining. Just her, her like Instagram her account Instagram. of her personal life is, is fun to watch. Yeah, but I think her books are so smart and so just like sharp and just the the social commentary in there is so well done and I'm really really excited for her new book um so yeah I'd love to hang out 
with her, maybe take her dogs for a walk or sit on the beach or something. <laughs> I love that. I would join that because they're two of my favorites too. And I'm, I'm super excited for her book coming out in September. Um, who is your style icon? Oh man, I think I'm not personally very stylish, but I do appreciate the people. Um, I think, well, I've absolutely loved all of the um, Barbie promo and premieres before before the strike Same. happened. Every, everything I think Margot Robbie just like perfection in my mind uh. um, <laughs> in every possible way. Every outfit she wore, everything looked looked so good. Everything about that movie. I've seen that movie twice, and it's I might see it a third time. It's so good. I just so saw good. it. I just saw it and I don't even know what to say. Like it was not what I expected and left the theater yeah. sobbing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. I saw it the first time I saw it with just just my husband. We saw it on like the, the night before opening night. We went to the preview night and then I saw it with a group of friends and some people had seen it, some hadn't. And the ones who hadn't were like, why didn't you warn us? <laughs> they were like crying. At the it end. was. So oh, but it's so good. good. It's so just existential and yeah so good and just like yeah so deep but also so fun like the music the costumes the set like it was so funny all of it it was so good oh my gosh uh I agree beautiful to look at yes yes but I agree she nailed the marketing and her stylist for the press tour like nailed it beyond and she just looked incredible but I was saying during the Barbie movie I went with my friend and I'm like I just found myself staring at her face because I was like there is literally nothing wrong with her face it's all proportionate it's all perfect features and I love that they chimed in and were like please do not reference you know Margot Robbie as Barbie you know as saying like perfect like perfect beauty I was like she is Something is like, I just couldn't believe it. She's stunning, like stunning. I know. She is. Um, okay, book you wish they made a movie out of? Ooh, I love the Finley Donovan series mm-hmm. by El Cosmano. I think those books are so funny and I would, I would instantly watch that if it was a movie or a TV show. I think the concept there, that's one of those books where I'm like, dang it, I wish I wrote that. <laughs> just the, the hook of those books is so clever and so funny. And I think all the, like the dialogue within them, it would just translate to screen so well. I would, yeah, I would love those. That's a good, I think someone else had said that before too. Um, Okay, last question, last real question on this list, and then a bonus question. Best advice for an aspiring writer or reader? Ooh, I think for a writer, my my favorite piece of advice that I've gotten is to allow yourself a bad first draft. Um, mm-hmm. I used to put so much pressure on the first draft coming out perfect, and once I stopped doing that, it just more enjoyable. <laughs> um, and I also really, really love the sentiment. I can't remember who said this, um, but the first draft is just you telling yourself the story. And once I realized that and kind of took that mindset into writing, um, it just, I feel like that allows so much freedom to just let it be, you know, not perfect. Like you're figuring, especially for a pantser, you know, you're figuring it out as you go along. Um, so yeah, it's okay if it's bad the first time, cause it'll get better. It'll get better through revisions that. and editing and yeah. I love that. Okay. And then you did say Gone Girl was one of your all-time favorites, but give us like a few of your favorite thriller reads that you've just always loved. Ooh. 
My favorite thriller reads, this is funny. I was just recommending books to my friend last night um, who came to visit for my book launch. She was still here and she's like, what should I read next? And I literally went oh. to my bookshelf and I was like, this one, this one, and this one. Um, yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Gone Girls, top tier for sure. Um, anything Ashley Winstead writes, like we mentioned, um, In My Dreams, I Hold a Knife and The Last Housewife. I just read Megan Collins's new thriller, um, Thicker Than Water. That mm-hmm. one's really good. It's about about uh sisters-in-law who are like best friends um and they are they share the man in common that they share the the other one's husband he's um accused of murder and then it all kind of everything spirals out into you know the loyalties whose loyalty goes where and who believes what and yeah that one's really good um I also, I still really love um, Long Bright River by Liz Moore. That book came out in 2020. It was so good. It was such, it was like the perfect combination of like police procedural and thriller and like family saga, like all smushed together. And it was such a page turner. I mean, that's a, that book is thick. And I think I read it in like two days because I couldn't, couldn't put it down. So good. Um, Another one, I I think it might've been, 21 2021 or 22 I can't remember but um when the stars go dark by Paula McLean that one is just so gorgeously written and it's actually set the town that it's set in Mendocino is where I grew up um I grew up in the town like next door to that and so I just loved she did it such justice like it's the descriptions are so spot on it's so beautiful because I think she used I don't know if she lived there or she's visited there but um she did a really good job, but that story, it's a very, that's another very dark story, but it's, I think the fact that she normally writes like more literary historical fiction, yeah. she kind of carried enough of that over into the thriller genre. It's just, it's beautiful. And yeah, I would read that one again, even though I know how it ends, I would, I would read it again just to enjoy it. It would be a reread. Those are great picks. I love that. Like you have all, you're wearing so many hats, Holly. There's, <laughs> I feel like we have so much to see from you. This is exciting. <laughs> Much um, more to come. Tell, yes. yes, much more to come. Tell everyone where they can follow you on social media. Yeah, so I'm primarily active on Instagram these days. Um, I'm, I'm giving threads a try, but I don't know. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, but I'm Hello Holly James on, on both of them and actually still on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. I don't know. I don't know how much longer that one's going but I'm I'm also Hello Holly James on that (laughs) as well. Um, And then my website is hollyjamesbooks.com. Perfect. And everyone can get the Deja Glitch. It's out now. And everyone go follow Holly because like I said, I think we there's a lot to come from Holly. And thank you so much for, for joining me on Books Are Chic. Thank you for having me. This was great. I love talking about books. We talk about books all day. (laughs) All day long. And thank you everyone for tuning in.